Welcome back to the Daily Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and I'll be here Monday through Friday bringing you a daily dose of inspiration, business tips, and stories that you may not have heard from women that I think you need to know. So let's dive into today. Dowie? Cassidy, you and I met in a really funny way because when I started in the online space, I was a naive, fresh, little youngin of not even like an age, but just like I didn't know anything about this space. And when I was coming into the space, I was more like, I have all this corporate experience and I want to help entrepreneurs. So I'm going to join different groups of female entrepreneurs to either connect with them and network or to kind of learn this industry a little bit more right and you and i were both in a group of you know a few hundred i would say maybe women who were focused on marketing and digital entrepreneurship and i remembered that i kind of like was over being in the group and this is a little pro tip for people i was like can i ask a question and so i asked a question that would make me look good i was like i have all this experience i worked at prada and rebecca Minkoff and kind of like Kylie, and my business is booming and do you have any tips for the next step and because i was like i'm gonna just take up this stage and then i'm gonna <laughs> quit the group and afterwards you wrote me and we were like chatting in the group um and we kind of like connected from there and have worked together and we've crossed paths multiple times and it's just kind of funny because you were like one of my first friends in this space but feels like so long ago it was a long time ago too because then COVID had like all this stuff happened yeah. I know this was yeah. all during us trying to figure out like what's happening in this world how are mm-hmm. we going to still show up how do we still do you know the things that we kind of have on our heart and plans and stuff and it's just crazy because since then too I have met so many incredible people online like I honestly know that me and you I mean, we've talked about you maybe coming to Vegas where I live and like, I know that when we finally meet in person, it's going to be like, we've been friends forever. Um, So just kind of, you know, telling anyone listening to that there used to be a time where it was really weird meet people from the internet. And now yeah, yeah. it's like, don't get, don't meet people yeah. from the internet. Now we're like, our best friends are all from the internet. Literally. Like I have such an amazing community, such amazing people I can reach out to whenever. And it's not weird. And, um, you know, just like some of my best friends that I've met in person or that I still haven't some of my most amazing clients that I call them. My sisters now have all come from some type of tri- trickle effect on the internet. And it's just been incredible. So yeah, it's, all of you out it's really, there. <laughs> it's really been cool. You know, I think that, you know, a lot of people say, is there a tip that you have to grow in the online space? And I say, you have to make friends. You absolutely have to make friends for a multitude of reasons, right? One is that you guys can tap into each other because you're going to be learning completely different things. You know what I mean? Like one person might be more focused on this. One person might be more focused on this and you might be in different stages. And so it's like, for that reason alone, like let's learn from each other, but also to bounce ideas off of each other and to run things by each other. And what's funny is that we became friends. There was like a small group of us and we would get on Zoom and have a Slack channel and we would support each other and say, hey, I'm gonna do this thing, like share with your friends. And it was it was so cool because that was like my first foray into how supportive this space can be and why I really love being a woman in digital entrepreneurship because 
we kind of like all had each other's backs. And like, imagine if that wasn't the experience that I had, that we had at the beginning, right? It would have been more like, oh, everybody here is a bully, which now I'm noticing is also true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that that was those Zoom calls I would look forward to. We would actually help each other strategize. We would, you know, encourage each other. And I think having those calls or just having that group that I knew weekly or I think it changed with some time on when we met, but it was just like, I know I'm going to go hang out with my crew and I know they're going to empower me. And I always felt great leaving the calls. And I just was like empowered and just wanted to go. The fire in my belly just grew when we were chatting and it was, it is so supportive and you don't have to have an in-person huge tribe of people. You need just a handful. And just going back to the idea of like, make friends, like guys, it's that simple. And I think we overcomplicate it and we try to be like, what can I get from them? Or what are they going to give me? Or how do I give them so that then they feel like they want to give me and all this stuff. And or how do I pitch truly, them? Yeah. And when you authentically just are supportive and be like, Hey, like, how you doing? It's so cool mm-hmm. what you're doing. I've been watching mm-hmm. your journey or, you know, I loved your dress or I, you know, I loved what you're saying about this and I resonated so well. And not in a way where it's like, I'm just trying to come up with something to engage with them, but like truly this is something that you really do value you really do like or you really do relate to because why do you want to hang out with people you don't like just because like it's not authentic right and I think that's one of the things that me and you do really well is we're building community and building clientele and building even employees and team members and different things like that by really just showing up as ourselves and like take it or leave it but the people that take it and the people you really can form a relationship with it's authentic. And I hate using the word authentic too, but like, you're really trying to just make a friend. Right. And right, as right. that time goes on, suddenly it, you, you're able to tap into all their expertise, all of their strengths, all their connections, um, and cross pollinate and collaborate. And even just now we're like on the podcast and, um, it's just wonderful. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. There's going to be some people that end up you know, falling away and that's okay. And then the ones that are important stick and they become like your most precious assets in your life, even though you've never met them in person, you know? It's so funny, isn't it? I mean, I'm very excited for us to meet in person. It's been a year and a half of friendship and we've never met in person, which is wild to me. Uh, But I also feel like one of the coolest things that you mentioned, right, was like the authenticity behind the brand, the not brand building relationship building online you know it doesn't have to be like for instance like there's people where I'm like oh I want to be friends with her and then I'll write them and be like god you had such a fun weekend I wish I was there you're making me jealous and it's like that's all you have to say you don't have to be like hey girly loved what you said exclamation point exclamation point emoji 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 yeah like you know we can we can sniff that stuff out now and I know that like when it when it's done to you you hate it and then like some people just go back around and do it to other people. So it's like, why, if you don't like it, you don't like something, then don't go ahead and turn around and do it to other people, right? Like, yeah. You know, and I think me and you are very strong personalities where we stand confident in our convictions. We talk about our values and our beliefs and, and the things that are important to us and we don't stray from them. And we talk about it often. So those people who come around will hear these stories and hear these things over and over and the ones that feel the same, you attract, and then you start to build, you know, that friendship. And that's how it all starts. So mm-hmm. I think 
people don't realize too, that it just takes time and consistency too. And I know I've heard it in the beginning and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Then it's like, it's, you know, I know you're not a parent yet, but it's like those times where people would tell you what it's going to be like to parent or they give you this advice and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it different. Or it's not going to be like this. I'm not going to yell at my kid. Yeah. No. (laughs) I remember people, I remember people telling me this and me not listening and then being like, yeah, I, I remember people were warning me and it's exactly like that. I should have just listened and just, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what was some advice that you got? What was some advice that you got in online entrepreneurship that you were like, this is going to be different from me. Like, just you wait and see, I'm going to, you know, show you that (laughs) the advice that you're giving me is actually false. I'm going to be different here. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of um, advice did you get that felt like that for you? So I think that, okay, so going into the online space, uh, as an entrepreneur who's always kind of had brick and mortars, and this is some of the beginning conversations we always had, I was like, okay, guys, I'm so great with brick and mortar. Like, I know what it's like to do business people face to face. And, you know, it, it was just so weird to start changing things to kind of shift it to all the business principles and foundations that I knew and have worked kind of the formulas that I created for myself and turn that into the online space. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times I was told like, it's the same, stop making it so different. It's really like the same principles. And the Mm -hmm. one day where it just clicked where it's like, Oh, so if I was to create like a flyer or I was to do a presentation or I was to do a speech somewhere, all these things, like it's literally the same. You're just doing it virtually or digitally. And that's when a lot of things changed for me. And I really started to understand that, like I had it in me, I knew what I was doing. It's just a different vertical of how you're actually presenting it. And then the other thing I would say too, is that consistency, consistency thing of like, just show your face, understand your brand, how important knowing who you're speaking to. And that brand is like, so, so foundational because I don't have a huge Instagram following. I don't have a huge Facebook group of the clients that, you know, I'm working with and my clients very, very niche and very specific. Mm-hmm. And even from that small pool of people, and I know you've talked about this before, it's like, you don't need a hundred thousand people to make a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. I heard you say that before. By the way, on your podcast. Multiple, I think I was multiple, listening to it yesterday or whatever. Multiple, <laughs> yeah. multiple, multiple times I say that. <laughs> yeah. So this year, um, you know, I'm going to hit the goal we talked about this year and it's from the smallest pool of people, but they're really the people I want to work with mm-hmm. very intentionally. And I didn't have to work that hard to create that. And when I realized my biggest thing was I finally, I had this feeling for three years. I know when we started talking, I was like, guys, I've been wanting to do this for so long. And it was like, your guys's help kind of pushing me to be like, okay, do it, just do it, just do it. Or, you know, here's some ways to kind of get started. And it's just crazy because I finally did it. And I had so much feedback from people like, yes, this is the void in our industry. This is the gap in our industry. This is, we all agree with you. And all of a sudden it just started taking a life of itself. And I think you're also someone like that because even in the beginning, like until now, I mean, you have evolved so much and it's so amazing to see. And you started understanding that like listening to your client and what their needs are is what's going to really be the projection of where you have to show up and where, you know, your business is going and just being that kind of servant, you know, 
and really taking into consideration, which might be one of like your core values, or maybe it's developing into that to just really like listen to the customer, you know, how do you, You how do they feel? Yeah. One thing I say often is like, if I listen to myself, I will go really far. If I listen to them, we will go really far. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is not a journey that I want to go on alone. This is not the Ashley Pollard show where I am out to make a million dollars. Now, don't fucking get me wrong. I am. But the goal is that my people can make a million dollars, you know, and when I what I've always noticed is that when you go out for yourself, you'll get that goal, but it's going to be short lived. It's going to be quick. It's going to be lonely. lonely. It's also going to be cheap probably like, and not cheap in financial terms, but like, it's probably going to quality corners and yeah, exactly. And, you know, so for me, like uh, my evolution was not slow and to be fair, it shouldn't have been, this has been my career for the past 10 years has been growing and developing new businesses. Right. So I want people to understand that you shouldn't be really comparing yourself to me because I have a little bit of training, corporate training in, in this kind of space. However, I think to your point, I've always just, there's two things that I think have kind of helped me go quickly is one, always listening, always listening and not making decisions about what I want to do, but about what they want. Granted, I do get to contribute to that decision. I don't have to do everything that they want, right? But listening. But the second thing that I think that I've really done differently, not to like, now I'm making it by myself and I feel bad. Okay. Well, the second thing is that, (laughs) the second thing is that, I really think also what set me apart um, was that I do everything super messy. So I put things out at 50%. My Airtable templates, I have six Airtable templates that I want, and I want a training video for each of them. And I sold three of the six at 50% off because it's 50% of the product. I then added the three templates. I'm recording the videos this weekend, but why can't I make sales in the meantime, right? And so I'm just kind of the person who I'm like, just give it to them just give it to them at 50%, sell it at 50% and then add to it and add to it. And then it'll be the price that you want it to be in the future, but make sales in the meantime. I think that we both are so similar in so many ways, but then also have such different things about us, which makes it unique as a friendship. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you hundred percent. I think one of the things that stopped me in that first two years of me just really wanting to do something was like looking at everyone else and just being like, I have to perfect this. I have to make this great. One, because this time, this is not just a product or service that I'm either representing from another company or what, like this was me, Cassidy Arbelli on a platter for everyone to see. And it was so vulnerable and also has been a very humbling experience. And I love getting out of my comfort zone, but this was one of the things that I was just like really scared to do even after making millions of dollars in revenue, doing several different businesses, like really being successful in a lot of ways. This was like just crippling in the beginning for me, trying to navigate the online space and switching. And then just me being put out there as me and not just as a company. Mm-hmm. And um, I a hundred percent agree with you. I realized most people who need what you have to offer just want the information. They don't care if it's in a tall glass, a short glass, if it's glass, if it's ceramic, like they totally, don't care totally. how you give it to them. They just need the information yep. and totally showed up messy. And what's crazy is that even the feedback of the messy, the things I thought people were going to be worried about 
no one noticed. They don't give a and shit. The things, yeah. And the things that I thought were completely, totally incredible was not the things they were actually excited about. It was like mm-hmm. the basic stuff. And I'm like, whoa. Um, so I a hundred percent agree with you in that sense of just like, just start and it's going to evolve. It's you're going to have to finesse and refine and iterate things all the time. So mm-hmm. don't let that scare you necessarily, but understand that you don't have to start with the most incredible, you know, professional, whatever. And I oh, also God, think no. that most of us don't even resonate with that stuff. Like nobody can connect to that on a personal level when you have that type of thing. So yeah, and they yeah, hardly pay attention. People hardly pay attention to the things you put all the time into. You no, know I mean? and people people do business with people. I think we forget that. That's one of the things that I think made us so successful in the insurance industry we're in and one of the businesses I have because like we curse with our clients and we wear sweatpants and mm-hmm. we like we talk about their kids and like we we basically shoot the shit with them and just show mm-hmm. really really ourselves and one my employees are so happy because they just get to be who they are and there's no pressure in you know tie in suit type of financial thing. And we're changing the way it needs to look, I think for us. And because we did that, instead of losing clients, we gained huge clients who were like, this is different. I like this. I feel like I'm working with a person and not a robot, like whatever that looks like. And it has completely changed the way we do business and how much we enjoy what we do, even though it's a very boring topic. And, um, (laughs) You know, like everyone is so happy. We're not dealing with crappy clients like we used to. We don't have to beg people to work with. It's just so different and it's incredible. Mm. And so now I'm like all about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to show up as me and like, it's going to work or not. So far, yeah, let's (laughs) let's like dive into that though, because I think that what you mentioned is important for people to understand. I want to dive into your background because we haven't even done that yet. And you are a brilliant business owner. I mean, I could learn exponential amounts from you as as far as the growth of a brick and mortar business first and foremost, but second, you as someone who runs multiple businesses, you are wildly successful and locally but not, you know, not just locally with your business and I'd love to for the audience and I'd love for you to dive into for the audience to hear. And I'd love for you to dive into a little bit about like the businesses that you do own and what that trajectory looked like for you, as far as like being an entrepreneur before being a a digital entrepreneur. Yeah. So I grew up with entrepreneurial parents and I Mm -hmm. always, that's why we get along so well. So did I. Um, you know, and it's funny because I remember growing up just like, you know, I'm never going to parent like this. It's like, I'm never going to do business like this. Like I would notice Mm -hmm. all the things I do not want to do, even though my parents were wildly successful in so many ways. And even to this day, like they're both so great at business and things in their way. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to always be an employee or work kind of like the corporate job or the corporate world. And I went to school for business psychology because I love psychology. I didn't have the easiest, you know, upbringing in the world. And I always was like, I want to do something to make sure other people don't to go through what I went through. So there's where the psychology came from. But then I was like, but I really love business and I really want to create. I'm super creative in a lot of ways. And I'm like, I want to create. I've always kind of been that visionary. I love projects. 
I like to create things and then create the system so I can step away because I don't love being in it all day long, right? all the time. And that's also why I think I'm so great at this next venture, which we'll talk about. But um, I started a mommy blog when I had my first child and that was my first introduction. I don't even know if I've ever told you this. That was my first introduction to like the digital space. So this was back in 2011 Mm -hmm. and I had a really good mommy blog. I was learning how to create websites when WordPress just came out. I was learning how to do ads and Um, really understood how traffic worked and ads and all these things. And I was getting free products and I was enjoying Mm. writing and doing all this stuff. And my blog was doing really well. I was making like $2,500 a month and I wasn't really working that hard. And I sometimes kick myself in the butt because I really feel like that brand, if I knew what I knew today, then right, that brand could have taken off and become a whole company in itself. And I probably would be making a lot of money off it. But I was then found by someone or state farm insurance recruited. And it was very low investment. It was a franchise type style. And it was like turnkey. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just, let's just see what this is. Let's go for it. I never imagined I would be an insurance. Like what the hell? Um, I just, even to this day, here we are. This is some of the things (laughs) we do. Yeah. And it was so hard. I had my second child three weeks before I opened the doors. And it was just like such a huge learning experience of like, okay, I finally own my own business, even though I had like the mommy blog and I was making some money kind of side hustling that, but this was like my business. It was a brick and mortar. I'm there every single day, nine to five doing the thing. Right. And so I spent five years really learning the entire business and like the structure of building a team and sales and marketing and branding and just all the things in between financial, administrative, whatever. And I didn't make money for the first two years. But then after that, I started making residual income and it was incredible. And I finally was profitable enough to then say, okay, like what's next? Because I am this project. I'm actually an Enneagram seven with a wing eight. Oh, in case anybody okay. Does. So I could see that for you. Yeah. So the sevens like projects. They have a lot of yeah. ideas all the time. They kind of almost mm-hmm. seem to have like ADD because they're going back and forth from all these ideas. But so that's a little bit about me and how that started. And every year since I was like wanting to start another business and I had the profit. And I talk about this all the time about how the insurance industry with the residual income really allows me to have the security and be able to like do other things, right? So you can build a business and you can build something and it doesn't have to be the end all be all. It can be the thing that helps you get to the next step or to do something else or whatever. So after that, we started um, buying commercial property with a profit. So we are commercial landlords and we have tenants, several commercial buildings in town. And then coinciding with this, my husband also started a business manufacturing products in China. They are um, medical devices. They are muscle stimulator products. Like they're personal devices. It's it's kind of complicated, but then we also moved into <laughs> luxury massage chairs. So we do manufacturing, we do e-commerce and um, conventions and distribution and all that stuff. It's, it's definitely a lot more complicated, but that's also been a business that we have helped grow together. That's his main focus. I do all the other four businesses. You're like, you take the massage chair just as long as I can have one in the house. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I do. And I love it every day. Um, (laughs) But that obviously brings in 
almost all of our income until two years ago. And I sort of out earned him. And I had a hard time with that for a little while, not because really? Talk about I was that. worried about like how I felt. I was worried. Yeah. I was worried about how he was going to feel about it. Um, my husband's very manly and he came from a very traditional household. And so mom, you know, was at home, all the things. And it took him like a couple years when I first opened my business, because we had two toddlers at home babies. And he's like, what, what's going on? Like, you know, you're supposed to be at home and da, 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 da. not because he was like misogynistic in a way, but it was like, he didn't realize this was his projection in life and what he imagined for himself in his life to be like that 50, 50% parent. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, he grew up saying, I'm the breadwinner. I can't just quit my job when I want. I have to pro- provide for my family, all that stuff. And one day we had a conversation. I was like, why couldn't you quit your job? Like if I could just quit my job, cause you made enough money. Why can't you, if I made enough money, and he's like, no, I just can't. And I'm like, I don't, I don't agree. And I also mm-hmm. think that it is both of our responsibilities to provide for this family for whatever it needs in any capacity. This is this is a team. So the best way to provide for your family is to provide for yourself. Absolutely. Yourself and then each other. So, you know, that's something that's definitely changed in his mind. Like now he's like, I'm totally gonna be a stay-at-home dad. Let's do this. <laughs> and I know when I spoke to you originally about like working together and what my goal was, I was like, I really want to retire my husband from the company that he's built because I want him to be able to do other things. He's been doing, we've been doing this for 12 years now. And I think he's just bored a little bit, you know, it's great income. It's wonderful, but he's also really creative. And I think he just wants to do other things and be able to do that. So that was kind of my goal. I don't know if you remember, but I was like, I want to make enough money where we replace the income he was bringing in and, you know, then have the choices, then have the freedom to do whatever he wants to do. And I want Mm -hmm. to do whatever. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Um, we also have an RV business where we rent out RVs and I, you sell sinks, you sell, (laughs) and then, um, now I do online consulting and I have a program for female insurance agency owners. So yeah, that's, I know that was a lot to kind of absorb and take in, but the point of all this too, is just like every year with the profit we had and the money we were making in each business. And as they were each successful one, I use the same formula almost every time. So I know that that formula works and it's a formula that I teach in my program. It's just very business foundational and helping women who are really good at sales and really good in their industry, but aren't great in business, be able to be great at both. And I just, this is how it all just snowballed. And this is something that can be true for anybody. It doesn't have to be just like one industry or one product or one service or one thing, like things evolve. And if your mind is open to it and you can really just hone in and focus on the one thing to make that successful, it can then open all the other doors and all the other things. So um, I definitely think that's important. Mm Mm-hmm. I fully agree. I love that you touched on that kind of dichotomy of like, why are you allowed to out earn and I'm not? Or like, why am I allowed to stay home, but you're not? Um, That's something that I think a lot of women are going to be experiencing with women becoming more successful, women becoming successful through entrepreneurship, right? And I think in your case, what you've proven is that it's okay to take a stand and say, I actually don't agree, but let's talk through it. Because what you, the way that you described that felt very um, nurturing while still being strong in your stance, which I thought was really cool to hear you say. The takeaway here, 
sorry. I was going to say, no, you're fine. I was going to say, even today, like my husband's like really proud to talk about me with friends or anybody else. Like he talks me up so much and he's proud and he's not embarrassed. And I think his mind shit, like his mindset shifted to like, oh, it can be like this and it's not weird. And it's not, you know, his ego kind of got separated from it, which was really hard for him. And I will tell you, it took six, seven years that we've been married for almost 11 till it was finally like gone. So I had to chip away at it. Like you said, in kind of a nurturing way and kind of open his eyes to be like, look, like this is about me and you, not anybody else. I always say like, stop looking at the entrepreneur Joneses or trying to keep up with them because it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to go to sleep with yourself or your spouse every night, you have to be happy. And that can look so different for all of us and it's okay. And um, so it took time. So anyone listening there that might feel like, especially those that are like hot side hustling it right now, who have a vision to turn it into a full-time thing or, you know, a big vision, a big dream, which I hope you do have that. And maybe your spouse or your partner or someone is just like, oh yeah, this is just to make some extra income. This is this, it's never gonna be, you know, anything insane or maybe they just don't get it. That's okay. My husband did not get it for a very long time until he started seeing the money in the bank account. And then he would try to spend that money. And I was like, no, I had to start hiding it. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. Yep, yep. I swear as soon as he sees some money in the bank, he's like, so I can buy this for myself and I can go. Yeah. So those are some negative things that came <laughs> with his ego going away. Yeah. He's right. Like, My wife's going to buy me all the things. Um, but yeah, it takes time and you know, it, it wasn't always perfect. There was definitely sometimes fights oh, for different course, things, but like it, now it's incredible and he's so empowering and it's like, you know, Aww. I'm, I'm relaunching my program. And so I'm messaging him like, yeah, this is happening and this is going on and this is my goal. And he's just like pumping me up. And he sent me a picture recently of like a trip or a place to go on a trip. And he's like, if you hit your goal, we're going. <laughs> and it was just like, it's That's changed really so sweet. much. Right? Yeah. So it's we love really this incredible. for you guys. Oh yeah. It's been awesome. I think one of the coolest things about watching you grow over the past year and a half has been this evolution from, you know, the thing is, let me, let me like go off for a second is that, you know, we watch people like the Rachel Hollis's and the Jenna Kutcher's and the Jasmine stars of the world kind of being this like motivational for all kind of people. Right. So we want to be motivational for, for all kind of people as well. However, what we're not noticing is that they're years into their business, they're way further down the line, and they probably started with quite a specific niche. Jenna Kutcher started as a wedding photographer, Jasmine Starr started as a wedding photographer, Rachel Hollis started, who knows, I don't even remember. However, event planning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, event planning, okay. Yeah. So everybody starts somewhere with some specific niche, right? And I think what was funny is that you um, and I were kind of starting at the same time and trying to be very general, right? And I remember that you were like, I want to motivate women. I want to motivate women to go after their dreams. And one conversation that we had was uh, centered around the idea of like, what if you were so specific? Like, why don't you speak to women in insurance? Like, you know that space, right? And I think there was a disconnect because you wanted to do such bigger things, which you still are going to. And that flip in your head, it was like a light bulb went off. You got so laser focused. You were like, I have a course. I have an outline. I have content. I know exactly what I'm saying. I know who I'm talking to. I have a plan for my podcast. I know how I want to network and grow this thing. And then boom, you're like launching, making money, growing, scaling. And I think it's just so funny to see 
the lock of everything into place to where you can actually start hitting the ground running. Do you remember that or am I envisioning it differently than it happened? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that I didn't listen to my own advice. I think that it was again, me just like on the platter idea of like, but this needs to be for all women because a lot of women struggle and I wanted to have more impact. And I was so scared of niching down and not being almost accepted by my industry in a way, which now I know like you can see my face, but like is (laughs) the most ridiculous thing I even think I've ever said come out of my mouth, probably more things, but like when I I almost needed someone to slap me around and give me the permission that now I do for other people too. Right. And it, it was just like, I know this woman so fucking well, why am I trying to like go talk to somebody who I maybe don't know as well? What what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And I think that this was the point where it just started flowing out of me with, and this is one of the things where I said, like why I think the brand and understanding who your client is that you want to work with. And I know people hear this all the time on the internet, but the idea is just that, you know, who you're talking to. So you're not just talking at a bunch of people. Right. Right. And right. Some of the analogies that I use is just like, would you rather like go fishing in a huge ocean Or would you rather go fishing in a pond where you know the right fishes that you're looking for are there? So when you finally catch a fish, every time, you know, it's the fish you want instead of trying to like Mm. search through the ocean. Like I'm looking for salmon in the, well, salmon's in a river. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know where fish live. Okay. (laughs) That makes no sense. See, we show up messy with really bad analogies that maybe don't work. Maybe we'll say like, like 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 a, like a shark or something. Yeah. Right. There you go. And so that's why I was saying in the beginning, like even with the smaller audience, you have an easier target to kind of work with. And when you know who you're talking to, I have had so many women just connect with the things I'm saying so quickly and so easily. They're just like throwing money at me. And then obviously I'm showing up with a product that's really impacting them. And I was scared that I wouldn't have as big of an impact, but like I just recently, one of my clients said, like, you're helping me save my marriage. And I was just like, holy shit, like, this has all been worth it if that's all I get out of this, right? Mm. Like, that's incredible. And it's just sometimes I think we forget how much even just one person's life being changed by some of the things that we do is enough. And we don't need to impact hundreds of thousands of people. It's just not necessary. Well, and if you run the math... Which you know I'm about, right? You know, let's say we want to make $100,000 in a year and that's $8,000 a month-ish, right? $8,000 a month, maybe you want to charge $750 for a service. That's 10 fucking people a month. And I don't think people get that. You get 10 people to sign a six-month contract, you're at $100,000 for $750 a month you know, and you and don't obviously- have to work that hard. Like, no, I have no. 10 clients in my program and we do calls every other week. It's five hours a week to make $50,000, right? Yeah, like what, or whatever. What we have, to, well, the caveat here is like, you have right. to be excellent at your skill. You have to be very knowledgeable. You have to show up with $750 worth of gems each month, yeah. which you and I have, because I have, you know, 10 years of corporate experience, you are right. an entrepreneur who is massively It's successful. much easier for us. Yeah. Right, absolutely. right, right. However, 
that's all to say that like you $750 like that could also be the average where you're selling 50 passive income products a month at 100 and have two clients who are paying you $2,500 a month and then you have a couple 750 it's like 10 people a month dude uh, that's why people are like I don't have enough Instagram followers do you have 10 do you have yeah. 10 yeah you know what I mean and the numbers are going to change depending on who you're audience is filled with, right? So sure, you can sure. have 10,000 followers that have, that do not give a shit about anything that you're talking about. <laughs> and you mm -hmm. could have 500 of them who are all ears to every word you're saying, what would you mm -hmm. rather have? And I think too, even in the influencer world, people are starting to notice that they can do more micro influencing and don't need to have these massive accounts because the numbers are the same when it comes to engagement and it comes right. to that stuff. Like you can make the same sales with someone who has 10,000 followers and someone that has a million followers. It, yep. It's mind boggling depending on who their audience is. So um, how about the fact that I have yeah. a client who has 26,000 Instagram followers and we've been working for months to try to like, not, that's not true. June. So like six weeks, six, uh, yeah. six or seven weeks. We've been working for six to seven weeks to get a sale on like a hundred dollars something, but it's like, they're not the right people to be, purchasing, right? They're not the right. purchasers. So we have to like lock in this messaging strategy. It's expensive to utilize me to do all of this research. And we're doing a shit ton of analysis on data Almost to try to understand how to sometime. Yeah, truly, literally. And I'm over here with 8,000 followers, like looking at my revenue projections of 350 to 500k for a year. So it's like, if you don't know your audience, you're fucked. If you don't know how to communicate you're screwed if you don't have confidence in what you're doing why you know what i mean so it's like the numbers are just like such a waste of and time i am the person that like i schedule time to go in and really talk to my to my people like if there's something bothering me because i'm in the industry just even the other day i was watching i got an email with some dude in our insurance <laughs> industry like up there talking about all this money he just so fucking douchey right yeah. I don't like, know cool, I, was bro. Like, what? I was so like just grossed out and I posted like I am on a mission to see more people at the top of this industry that look like me and then mm -hmm. I put in parentheses a woman and I'm like who the fuck is with me because I'm like grossed out right now and I know that there's that need but like just the way I said it because to me that's something I would say something that right. really does bother me. And I'm just like, no more bro culture. I'm sick of this shit. Like we are strong enough as women to help each other get there. We can do this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on it. And everybody was just like, yes, yes. You know, all those things. And so I was really, I'm showing up as just me and the things that bother me and the things I'm going through still now today. And that's what I think resonates with people. And that's how you can take that small amount of people and really make impact and change and work with that and not needing to have, you know, and it snowballs, like more and more people are inviting their friends. And I have people who are already talking about me behind, behind my back, but like in a good way when I'm not there and like promoting me and all this stuff. And like, we've talked about this. And then when it starts to happen, you're almost like one, this can be so easy. We will overcomplicate the way it needs to happen doing the work in the beginning. It's just like any other business. When I open a business, I still need to do construction inside, buy furniture, put a sign up, like 
you know, make sure we have our processes in place, hire the team. It's no different. There's a lot of work on the front end, but then once things are set up again, you do need to finesse and refine things, but like so much less work, this next round of going into what I'm doing of launching the programming and opening the doors up than I did in the beginning. I was so stressed. I know you knew that. Of course, I've got all this other stuff going on, but like now I'm like, okay, this day we do this, this day we do that. And just so much easier. And you just have to go and get started. And even if it's just messy along the way, you, you figure it out. It doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, shit, yesterday, <laughs> just a little quick story. Uh, I had two parts of the podcast that my VA was editing for me. And I guess the second part disappeared out of Anchor, which I use as well. And, you know, she was editing it and she ended up going to publish it. And all of a sudden we realized like part two was not there. So I had a oh, podcast God. that was four minutes Luckily we caught it before too many people listened, but you know, it is what it is. I'm totally owning it. It's not a big deal. Like you'll get another podcast next week. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. will live. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, did that kind of for a second make me feel like, Oh my God, I shouldn't be doing this. It's so unprofessional. I can't believe people listen to this. And then immediately I was like, no, doesn't matter. Nobody cares. They just want to hear no. what I have to say. And, you know, so it was kind of funny. It was just a thing. And now we learned from the mistake to double check before it public, whatever. And um, it's just sometimes like, even when you know what you're doing or you're doing it for a long time, doesn't mean you're not going to fuck up or make mistakes or things. Totally. I do it all the time Yeah, with my membership, the doers and with square one accelerator, I tell them all my mistakes. I'll be like, Hey guys, I fucked this up for a client today. And this is how I'm redeeming myself. Hey, sent this email and I had a typo, sent this email and it didn't have a link, sent this email and I had the wrong link. Sent- <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm consistently fucking up. And the thing is you have to take a look at are you fucking up something that's allowed that's totally fine to be fucked up or something that's a problem right are you shattering is it systematic issues yeah right or are you kind of like just like letting a ball drop right and in our business we have to consistently be kind of ebbing and flowing between is this something I can allow to falter or I feel like I, every day I'm not thinking like, what do I have to get done? It's like, what can I let slip through the cracks today? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's my question is like, what am I allowed to say that's going to be late? Like I have to find calls that I'm allowed to eat on. But this is also part of entrepreneurship in general, like in life too, you really have to look at all the things and say, okay, what's a priority? What's urgent? And I think there are a lot of things sometimes, and, and this is something that, especially in our space, like a client calls, it just always feels urgent. But a lot of times their requests are the things that they need, like can be done in 48 hours. And there's some people that like just got an accident. They're on the way to the hospital. Like, sorry, you're urgent, you know, things like that. And so we have to constantly filter our priority and what's urgent and what's truly necessary to get done. And most of the time shit that has to get done is stuff we don't like to do. So we'll procrastinate and we'll go do the things we want to do. Right. But like, you got to have the, the, just the productivity down on how you flow too. I think that's something really important that I've been just psychotic about. Like I only schedule things when I know it's going to flow right. Cause I'm the type of person that just wants to go based off my mood. It's like, mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning, like, do I feel like doing this today? <laughs> so that's, it's yeah. nice that it, as an entrepreneur, I can do that, but there are definitely times we have to hunker down and work 12 hours straight and just get this yeah. shit done. And if that's yeah. what's necessary, like I had that it. the other day, I was like, I have not been feeling this task that I've had to do. And I put it off. I put it off. I put it off so badly that I was like down to the wire. 
And I was like, well, then I have to do it. That's it. Like now it's not about what I want anymore. It's about what has yeah. to get done because it's a glass ball that if I dropped it, it would shatter versus a plastic ball, which is like an analogy I love in entrepreneurship of like, yeah, you have glass balls and plastic balls and the glass balls, if you drop them, they shatter, they break, they're unfixable. And the plastic balls are just going to bounce and you pick them back up. Right. So, yeah. you know, you've kind of had all times have to gauge, like, what are you dropping? Is it glass or is it plastic? Because the plastic well, too, and then tracking, like what activities are you doing that are actually making you money? That's huge, right? Like KPIs, whatever. Like I thought that it was going to take so much more nurturing, so much more posting, so much more showing up online, so much, so much more than it does, than it has taken. And the other thing is mm-hmm. the things that are converting into revenue, I am showing up for consistently. And that yep. consistency is compounding into returning that revenue. And then also, oh, yeah. like, oh, all these other things that I thought I was going to need to do, or I thought that was imp- that were important that are time consuming or like posting on Instagram. My client's not on Instagram as much. Like I don't need to be there. And that's so right. time consuming, even though sometimes it's fun and I want to, and it is another avenue that I'm planning on as I hired this next person. But like, I've been able to create all this revenue without having to do that. Right. So, um, really tracking where your people come from, how are they converting? Why are they converting? Asking them questions. Like I ask them questions all day long. Like, why did you all pick day me? long? People don't right? like, understand, yeah. like just ask. And they're like, but it's so awkward. And I'm like, to you only to you. But if only. you're truly friends and if you're truly building that relationship of like having a little bit more than just being a client and a professional or a service or a product, um, you shouldn't feel that awkward to be like, Hey, yo, like I need your feedback. I want to make this better for the next person or for you. If we continue working together, like tell me what's up and how many conversations have you and I had where you'll, you'll write me and say, cause we work together consistently on different like project by project basis especially when I have time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I need the time to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so you'll say to me like, Hey, this is what I need in my business. Can you do it? And my question always is what do you need? What is your budget? What would a perfect situation look like for you? And I try to tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, ask, just ask. And I don't think they think that I actually do it, but I, I do, you know, like that's the number one question you ask everybody. So especially when we're looking into different services, people say, do you offer this service? I'll say, I could, what would it look like for you? What would you pay for that? What would you want included? What would be a win for you? Yeah, People will give so you their honest. more that have to go, yeah. that, that needs to go into that stuff. And especially totally. depending on, I'm, I do definitely provide more of like a one-on-one experience. So I even tell people, look, we have these calls, we have this stuff and I have plans for all of them. But if there's something mm-hmm. urgent going on or something specific to you or like, you know, I cater it to who they are, how they learn, totally. how they show up, what's important to them. I have one client who just wants the calls, like, cool. Mm-hmm. They could care less about what else I provide. They just want to yeah. talk to me. Yeah. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. Like, you know, we'll, we'll take care of that. So I yeah. think it's important to show up and that's how they become the super fans. That's, and especially in the beginning, when you're first starting out, you need that down totally. the road, you might, you know, decide that you want to put different boundaries up, which is cool. Cause maybe you have a higher, um, uh, quantity of clients that you're trying to work with, but like, even the other thing I would definitely say, and I know you wanted a chat. We only have a few more minutes probably, but about like team culture, which I think is really important. And it is one of the strengths I think I have. We have but like 15, 20, in, if you have 15, 20, okay, cool. even if the 
even if you're starting a small business side hustle, like you are just starting out. One of the biggest things I tell everyone, I don't care if you're a single entrepreneur or you have two employees, one employees, remote employees, in-house employees, whatever. You have to be really, really clear on what your values are, what your goals are, what your like, you can call it whatever you want, mission, vision, goals, whatever. Like you need to know where mm-hmm. you're going. Where do you want to go? And the other night I sat down and I wrote down a five-year goal plan um, which maybe we'll share offline. So you I love this. I literally started crying. It was bizarre. Oh, wow, really? I was just like, because I was like, this is totally going to happen. Maybe not in this timeline that I'm like expecting, but I was like, I feel it. I know it. I'm on it. I'm doing it. Like, there's no way this is like, nothing's getting in my way. And it was just this overwhelming emotion that I feel like I've been holding for a long time. And it just like poured out of me. But like, I know now. So when my new hire I just hired is coming on, I can be like, girl, this is where we're going. This is where we're working towards. Yeah. Like you were hired to come on board with me to get there. This is what we're doing. And you're either all in or you're all out. There's nothing in between. And then here are our core values. We stand for sisterhood and connection. We stand for radical care of the clients that we have. We stand for bringing life to your business. Like different. So like, if she doesn't connect with that, then she can't be part of my team. It's yeah. just, it just can't. And so if you don't have those things already set and now you're trying to grow yourself, your team, you're trying to create these super fans. Like they have to want that too. They have to align with that stuff that you believe in. And this also gives you that North star of like, when I talk to people, this is my base. I know that I want to create a sisterhood. I know that I want to show up and tell people like, I'm here to radically care for you. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those words and those things create that brand and that messaging. And you just keep repeating it and repeating it. And that's what I was talking about in the beginning of how like it starts to grow and yeah. your people will be there. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. what's funny is that that's something that I always say to people who are trying to build a team, right? They're like, how do you find the right team members? And I'm like, here's the trick honestly, is that Tim in my business, what I do is I think less, this is probably nobody, I don't think anybody would agree with this advice, but this is exactly what I do. And it works is that I look less for what need I, I need to fill. Right. So I'm not going to say I need a social, there are times I might say like, I need a social media manager or an email marketer or whatever. Right. But more than anything, I look for people who really fucking get what I'm doing right? Who vibe with my framework, who like the way that I show up, who believe in my future, who are like, how can I participate? Because this is fucking stellar, right? Carly, who has been with me since almost day one is like literally basically the backbone of my business. I, I told her the other day, I was like, I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for your support. And the thing is, is with Carly, we didn't, I didn't have a need for her, right? I, I did in the sense that like extra hands are great, but I was so new in my business. You could have done it. Yeah. I didn't even know if I had the money to pay her, you know? Yeah. So with Carly at the beginning, I was saying things like, you get me, you are passionate about the growth that I'm going to be experiencing. I mean, she said to me at the beginning, she was like, you're going to go far and I want to come along for the ride. Right. So for her, what we have been saying together, what I've been saying to her for the past year, um, every three months or so is like, what do you want? And I said this to her the other day. I was like, let's talk about where you see your future going. Cause I could easily like place you in this role within my business, but you tell me what you want and I'll like build the business around that. And I say that to all of them, right? Because to me, 
I would rather say you get me. I want to make sure you're a hard worker. I want to make sure you're smart. I want to make sure you're resourceful, like those kinds of things, of course, but like you get what I'm doing. So how can I say, let's put you into the business with the best skills you have. I'll fill in the blanks. Like I'll fill in the gaps, you know, yeah, 100%. because you can't fake that. You can't no. send someone to a course about how to give a fuck about your mission. You can say, <laughs> no. go learn about SEO. You know what I yep. mean? And that's, that's a hundred percent. So like, I always hire for my core values as opposed to skills. I can teach skills. I can teach awesome. framework. I can teach, you know, like you said, a lot of the technical stuff, the girl that I had just hired, she was the only person that showed up to an interview on zoom. And from the second we started speaking, I kind of told her, I was like, look, this is the first person I'm, you're the first person or whoever that I'm position I'm hiring for this business. And I don't know exactly what this is going to look like. So mm -hmm. I can't give you a full scope of responsibilities. I can't tell you a lot of things, but I will tell you what my values are, what my vision is, like the goals that I'm looking to achieve and the impact that I want to make and who my client is. And like, you tell me how you feel about that. And, and then you can tell me where you have some skills and maybe some things you can add into it. And it was a 20 minute conversation. I hung up and I remember my right-hand person for me in life, um, mm -hmm. who I've had for 10 years since the first business I opened, she's been with Aww. me. She's like my car leave from day one. And yeah. she was listening to the interview and she's like, you need to fucking hire her. I don't care for what, like, she's like, you just have to. And it was just so funny because when I offered her the position, she was like, she emailed me back and signed all the documents or whatever. And she said, I just ran around the house singing, quote, mommy got the job, mommy got the job, quote. Like, it was just like, you know, how much oh it's like, I'm a mom too, you're a mom too. Like, we totally got this. And she was like, look, I don't necessarily know how to use Canva and how to use these things. And she's like, but I'm like, I will figure it out. But you I can love what you're doing and I'm all about this. And yeah, so I'm so excited to have her, even though I know it's going to take some work to teach her some things, but like, yeah, but I'd like much rather have that person. You can teach right? that. You can teach yeah, that so easily. And I, I love will that. say, um, one of the things I think is most successful for me because I do have 10 year team members, and it's not that we haven't gone through rough things. It's not that they couldn't go work somewhere else. Maybe sometimes make more money. It's not that, you know, whatever. I, I think that it's important, like you said, to ask them what they want. I constantly, every year we do, um, a group like goal setting for the next year. And I want to know what they want to achieve in life, whether that's business, whether that's life. And I work to help facilitate that for them. So this is not just about how are you going to make me money in my company? This is about, this is our company. How are we going to make money? How do we better our lives? And Two of my employees have been saving for a long time to buy their first home. They did that last year. I was able to help them both financially Unreal. and figuring out like, you know, the logistics of buying a home because they had no idea what they're doing. One is almost debt-free, which she has never been her entire life. Wow. Um, I, I was able to just give them a huge bonus this last week that they weren't even expecting. And on Saturday, we're going on our first team outing that we haven't done since COVID started, but we were doing those quarterly. So like, we're going to go throw axes and we're doing some kind of weird activity, Fun. but like, yeah, we get out of the office a lot and just go do things. And we go to each other's kids' birthday parties and we mm -hmm. go out for drinks and like, you can make your team part of your family and still have the boundary of I'm the boss. I'm the owner of this company. Like, 
You just have to be open and willing to allow them to grow with you. And the more money you make, you need to throw that back at them and allow them to grow. Otherwise, yes, they'll leave. You'll, you'll yep. lose your best people. And yep. as they see it's one the of the best investments growing, of your business, they make or break you period. Yeah, and I period. cannot step away for weeks, months, if I wanted to, and my business would still run like it's their business. I, a lot mm-hmm. of people say like, how do I hire employees or how do I get my employees to care about my business? Like I care about it. And so many people say you can't, and that is not true. There are times Mm. where my team goes out of their way to solve problems. I don't even care about (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, I don't even care about this, but they're, they're They're like, well, it's, it's important to you. So go, go Mm -hmm. get it. You know, and I'm glad that you brought it up because I think obviously everybody has a superpower in their business. Right. And we all have our thing. And I think, I truly think one of yours is leadership and team management, team building, the way that you speak about your team, the way you nurture them, the tips that you have about nurturing and growing and developing a team is, I mean, incredible. And, you know, I'm just curious for those listening, because I get so many questions about team building. What are some ways that you incentivize the growth of your team? Are there ways that you do you kind of like promote growth with some sort of tactic or goal or bonus or something that kind of gets them to work? Yeah. Out? So, um, it's, it's going to depend and change obviously based on your industry and what you do, but when let's just say you're heavier in sales, um, most of the time the I ask my team what they want to. So everybody's a little bit different. And some want monetary things. Some enjoy gifts. Another way that I actually figure this out is like love language. Knowing what your love languages of your team members is really Mm -hmm. important because some don't really care about the money and some just want money and some want words of um, praise or whatever. And so that's one trick that I will say I definitely use. And I incentivize with different ways, but most of the time it's some type of monetary incentive so that then we also put it back to the things they say they want in their life. So I'm like, Hey, you know, you said you wanted to take, you wanted to go to Disney world and take your kid there. You've never been, well, you're going to need money to do that. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I kind of connect it back to here are the things you want to achieve in your life. And we need money for fucking everything. So that's one way to make that connection where it kind of automatically incentivizes them to want to grow the company and grow themselves. Everything they sell and they do, they're going to make money from in one capacity or another, whether it's a bonus, whether it's kind of like a spiff I throw out because we want to hit our goal a little bit quicker, whether it's increasing their commission percentages, things like that. Um, There are trips they can win. There's been gifts they've been able to achieve and get. And for me, I really don't like increasing their base pay. I would much rather give them opportunities to make more money as the company grows because I think that's more of a partnership than necessarily just like, here's money, just go do your job. Like I want them to have that urgency a little bit. And just recently this year, I've basically made them partners and said, okay, we have this much profitability. And every year we're going to, maybe every six months to a year, we're going to look at our profit and I'm going to kick back a percentage to you guys on top of everything that you guys are already doing. So this last month, one of my employees, $20,000, like which is insane. Yeah. And, and she literally was like making 40,000 a year when she started with me. So to do that in one month, like I was like, okay, let's do it again. And let's, and I think another thing is that we, 
I'm the type of person that's super relentless and I will push. I will push you. That's my challenger in me. I will push mm-hmm. you to believe in yourself, even if you don't believe in yourself. Because right. I'm always like, why are you not as good as, you know, Joe Schmo down the street that's selling this much? Right. And they're right. like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you're fucking better. Like, let's get with it. And just let's kind go. of like that type of stuff that I think a lot of people don't do. Like you, you got to work on who they are and empowering them and giving them that ability to own their position and have ownership in your company, even if it's not financially yet, but like if they own those positions and they do a good job and you're able to just like let go of that department and they're handling it, take care of them. However, that I'm like over here taking notes on my phone about like ideas that you're giving me, (laughs) but kind of like how I want to show up for my clients and give that radical care. You have to do that with your team too. If someone's like, I'm tired and whatever, book them a a spa day. If someone just got over being sick, buy them a package to get an IV drip, like things you would do for your best friend, right? Like you would do something special for your best friend's birthday, like do that for your team. And that's how they become that family. And it's funny in interviews, I even tell people, I'm like, look, if you're going to be a part of this team, you have to understand this is buying into a family. If you get locked up, I'm your first call. You don't call your parents. You don't call your brother. You, don't, I, you call me and I will mm-hmm. be there like that type of style. Right. And I actually, mm-hmm. all my employees would probably call me first because they would need the money. But it's, it's that type of environment that, that we have and it has to stay that way. Otherwise I can't trust people. Like, you know, it, it's really got to be that two-way street. And I think that if you do that and show up for your team, they will do everything for you. I know team fair team. God, I can't talk. Tim Ferriss with a four hour work week in his book somewhere, he says, think about the idea of if you only had two hours a week to work, where would you focus your time? And just mm-hmm. knowing that that's like one of your big, uh, KPIs, right? Like yeah. instantly you're going to, And I always said I would work with my team. I would spend time with my team, 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 team. Like that's all it would be. I wouldn't be doing sales calls. I wouldn't be marketing. I wouldn't be branding. I wouldn't be. It's literally develop my team. That's it. I love that. You're clearly off my rant, right? You're clearly, (laughs) um, I think part of building a team is listening more than anything. Right. And allowing ego to step outside of it, because what a lot of what I'm hearing is like less of what you want to do for yourself for the business where they end up winning but more like how do they win regardless of the business you know what i mean like yeah if your team's winning you're gonna win by default it's just totally it's just what's gonna happen and um like you were saying i think i lost my time for a second it was kind of the idea of like you know you need to take the ego out of it and just allow them to be themselves and allow it to be a journey that you guys are on together. And I still, things aren't being done. I have no problem. Like they know I have no problem like talking about it, whatever. And Mm -hmm. they understand like, there's still that boundary. It's this fine, like dance between it's kind of like almost like parenting, not that they're my children, but like even with your children, you have to have that fine line of like, I'm your parent. I can be your friend, like nurturing and slapping around a bit. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you got to be like, Hey, what's going on with this? Like, like, why are you doing your work? What's happening here? No, I hear you. Yeah. Well, Cassidy, I'm so glad that we did this. I love chatting with you and seeing you all the time, obviously, just because I feel like we have a great friendship and we've had a great working relationship for a long time now. Um, 
And I don't know if you've listened to the stories episodes, but we always do a little personality test at the end. Have you heard it? Yes, go ahead. You're good. <gasps> Did you prepare? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Because I, I want to catch you off guard. Yeah. No. Okay. So no, the first question that I want to ask sense. you is what is your, shoot, I should probably have like a notepad up. I'm recording in my, okay. So the first one is animal. What is your favorite animal? Um, it could be any animal. It could be a pet that you've had. It could be an exotic animal. It could be like one that you're fascinated with. Honestly, right now I have a I have a new puppy and he's like the sweetest thing ever. And his name is Marley and he's a golden doodle. Even though he eats my couch, I still love him. So right now I have to say that that's he's okay. my he's my guy. And if and if we could describe Marley in three words, what would you describe him as? Oh wow, that's see, I'm not prepared. I would say he's sweet, mm-hmm. mischievous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, um, I think he has a sense of humor. Like he's funny. Okay, cool. And then the next one is your favorite article of clothing. And this could be, uh, something that you just like always feel comfy in. It could be something that always makes you feel sexy or empowered. It could be like, uh, something that has meaning to it that you don't actually wear, but what is your favorite article of clothing? So I have this jean jacket that I bought for myself and it mm-hmm. says Mrs. Arbelly on the back in like gemstones yeah. and it's the most comfy jean jacket ever. It's like ripped. It's like vintage looking. And I think yeah. it just represents like me not being afraid to just be in love and proud of mm-hmm. the family I've created and the life me and my husband have created together. And it just makes Aww. me feel good. And so many people are like, oh, look, your husband's branded you. I'm like, no, I bought this myself. <laughs> You're like, I chose that last name. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something. And I think it also, this is going to get a little deep for one second, but like I had a really tough upbringing, like I said, and I never truly felt at home. And when I got married, I think my husband was the first person who truly saw me for who I am. Mm. And even through the years, maybe not always accepted me, but like now does in so many ways. And it's just, it's, it's almost like me taking his last name was just like finding home and not because. Oh my God, Cassidy. Yeah, I know. I'm going to make myself cry now too, but not because of like, I need a man, but just like, it was just meant to be. And like, we've created such a beautiful life that was so different from the trajectory that my life could have gone. And Mm -hmm. so I proudly wear my jean jacket. Yeah, Of course. And if you could describe the jean jacket in three words, what would you choose? Ooh sparkly, Mm -hmm. comfy, meaningful. Great. And then the last one is what is your favorite body of water? And this could be like the ocean, but if it is, then it's like where in the ocean, like Florida is different than Santa Monica and so on and so forth. Is it a river that you love to float on? Is it a pool? Is it a glass of water, a lake? I definitely, it's definitely the ocean and definitely the beach. I know Mm -hmm. that's such a typical answer, but for me, like, no, it's not, it's not. And I can see like the water flowing. There is just nothing about like waves crashing that just like gives me peace. It's like so cleansing to me. So whenever I'm like overwhelmed, we take a trip to the beach. I would say if I had to pick a beach, it's 
the Wailea Beach in Hawaii is like one of my favorites that I think Mm -hmm. it's like along a lagoon and there's still waves, but it's not like just open ocean. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's a little calmer, but like so beautiful. And the sunset there. If you could describe it in three words, how would you describe it? Oh, here we go. I knew this was coming. Why didn't I prepare for it in my head while I was answering the last question? (laughs) Um, It's funny because it's calm, but it's also fierce. Mm-hmm. like almost refreshing or renewal because that's how I feel when I'm there it's like cleansing in a way mm-hmm. I know that was like three words but like we need to pick no, we'll, a word we're gonna <laughs> I think that's actually because <laughs> yeah. you're like calm okay. but fierce so let's say that's one yeah. refreshing renewal let's say that's two and then give me a third I also get scared of the ocean so I would say almost like um unknown in a way because mm. it's just so huge and massive and like nobody knows what's really in there <laughs> so yeah. kind of like unknown in a way okay what other word to use so do you remember what all of these mean no we've done this before not before but I think you did it once on one of our calls or you told us about it okay Okay, so the animal that you chose was Marley and the Mm -hmm. animal shows you how you view yourself and you said sweet mischievous and funny and I feel like that is very you. <laughs> Do you funny. agree? Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of people don't always notice my sweet side unless they know me really well. Because it just seems no, like I'm you always are so, so like, sweet. Yeah. I, you have I a really so. big heart. I hope so. No, you have um, a really big heart. The mischievous is kind of like that rule breaker, like not afraid. Totally. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. then what was the other one? Funny? Oh, uh, yeah. Totally. Funny. Yeah. I'm all yeah. about having fun and sarcastic and yeah, trying yeah. to be funny. Yeah. The next one is the favorite article of clothing, which you chose your jean jacket with Mrs. Arbelli on the back. And that one represents how you feel others view you. And you said sparkly, comfortable, and meaningful. And I think that that also makes sense because you are somebody who I think makes other people feel comfortable. You are very sparkly. You know, a girl loves her sparkle. Yeah, I am in your face now. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And meaningful. I think that that's definitely a word that I would say is how I view you. You know, you do lead with purpose and passion. You care about others. You do things on purpose with purpose is a word I like to say. And I think that's very you. And then the last one is body of water, which is how you view sex. And you said the ocean or Wailea, Wailea Beach in Hawaii. And you said it's calm but fierce, a refreshing renewal. And it's kind of like mysterious in the unknown. <laughs> Is it unknown, Cassidy? Were you, you literally talk about just this? like dying as I'm answering these questions? I'm like, Godly. unknown? We have to chat. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't think there's much that's unknown, but maybe like no, I'm joking, some experimental I'm things we could try, I guess. I, okay, I don't know. wow. I'm, okay, Cassidy. You know, I don't know if that's what the unknown stands for. <laughs> oh my God, I am like bright red. Anyways, um, let's see, calm and fear. So I guess, yeah, you could have, right? Like two different I think that's not a bad way just to kind of like. It. There's times where it just has to be fierce and there's times where it's like calm and, you know, you maybe go. more loving. I don't know. Fantastic. Um, and then the second one was what? Like refreshing? Like sparkly. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that was the second. Yeah. Yeah. Refreshing. Guess, and renewal. Release. I don't know. 
wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my okay. gosh, Cassidy, you are a blast. That's Thank so you funny. for doing this with me. Thank you for sharing with the audience. You are a wealth of knowledge. And not only are you so great um, to the people who are you're nurturing in that insurance space, so if anybody is in insurance, please push them towards Cassidy because she's a genius. But also you also you have a podcast as well. If you want to kind of like let everybody know where they can learn more of all of your insights, because I know I learn every time I listen to your podcast. Yeah. So my podcast is called Unburden Your Business. And the whole preface behind it is really just we create our business to be a blessing and not a burden. And sometimes mm -hmm. it is a burden. Unfortunately, it becomes a little tough and takes over our life. And so I just show mm -hmm. up kind of talking about that and trying to give out as much tips and tactical information that I have to help you unburden your business. And that is also the name of my Instagram account that you can come follow and hang out where I also just try to show up and provide as much value as I can. Not just that though, like, please send me a message. I love getting to know people and um, just hang out and make friends. So if you're someone who's out there, who's just like, I've been lonely in this space or whatever, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. Come hang out with both me and Ashley, because we're very open to getting to know more people. So you got it. Cassidy, thank you so much. I know. I always love hanging out with you. It's just, wait, where can we follow you on Instagram? Best. Yeah. At Unburden Your Business also. It's the same there we same go. Same handles, same podcast name. Beautiful. Uh, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Guys, this has been another episode of the Daily Hype Podcast. I'm so excited to continue this. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited to have had Cassidy on today and we will catch you on the next one. Before you go, do not forget to rate and review and follow this podcast. It really helps a girl out. And while you're here, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check the show notes for any materials or links or even some special goodies. While you're at it, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Daily Hype Podcast. Follow us as a team at Team AP Consulting or follow me, your show host at Ashley underscore P. See you next time.